0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. The title of the series that we're wrapping up here this morning is part, is, this is part four, is What Shall a Man Give to Buy Back His Life? And I want to go through this this morning. Um, I just want to review key points from the previous messages and then wrap up the series with three key points that will help you be good fishermen. If you apply these truths to your daily life, you will, be, you will not be unfruitful in reaping a harvest and end-time harvest all around you. We said this before, and we heard uh, this is actually a quote by Tony Cook. It says, So does Jesus threaten people to get them to come to him? I think it's more accurate to say that Jesus died and rose again to get people to come to him. However, he loves us too much not to tell us the truth. If someone's house is on fire... I'm not threatening them when I tell them their house is on fire and they need to get out to avoid perishing. I'm telling them what? The truth. How many know if someone's house is on fire, they don't know it or maybe they don't believe you concerning that? How many know that in love you could get pretty aggressive telling them that they're going to burn if they don't get out of the house? And would you feel bad about it? Like, well, you know, I don't want to be too aggressive because, you know, I don't want to hurt their feelings. If the fire gets a hold of them, their feelings will be hurt. (laughs) Right? Okay? So we need to be aware of that. So in sharing our faith, there are times, and you have to be led by the Spirit of God. In being a witness, there are times to get aggressive. Amen. I had a teacher at Rama named Dave Beebe, and uh, he was a true teacher. He was not a preacher at all. He was a teacher, line upon line guy, but he was hilarious. One of the funniest guys. I shouldn't say was, he's still alive. He's just, I, I'm not at Rama. <laughs> Actually, he's not there anymore either, but he's in Michigan. But anyway, he, he, would, he was funny. He said, You don't ever want to challenge me to a BB gun fight because all my guns are BB guns. Because <laughs> his name was Dave Beebe. <coughs> all right. So, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but he said he would, at one point when he was an instructor at Ramah, he had some Mormons come to his door. And uh, for somebody who knows the word, you're not intimidated when, when other doctrines, or I shouldn't even say doctrines, but false religions try to come in. Because you know what you believe and why you believe it. And you're convinced of it. And so you have something to share with these people. How many know that the gospel needs to go to every group? Okay, it doesn't matter what they are. Even if they show up at your door, why are they there? Amen? And so um, I've heard of some people. I, I heard a testimony from a lady one time. A Mormon showed up at her door. She invited him in and started preaching to him. I mean, they they came to your house, so people say, yeah, but the Lord let him. No, he didn't. Yes, he did, and no, he didn't. Well, the Lord could have sent him with that message. That message is wrong. Now, he sent him so they could hear the right message. I said he sent him so that they could hear the right message, (laughs) because we're not intimidated. Amen? All right, so anyway, I was thinking about this. And I was listening to uh, and, and thinking about, you know, sharing your faith and what Dave Beebe had said, and then even what Tony Cook said here concerning our aggression or being aggressive in, with our faith. Now, you don't want to be a bully, but what he did was he realized, because he understands that, uh, that religion and what they believe, he knows that there's an older minister or a person in the group, and there's a younger being trained. That sound familiar? All right, So that's a, that's a biblical principle that's been stolen. Now here's the thing. So what he did was he realized the younger guy is going to be the one that I'm going to be able to possibly reach. So he actually stepped in between the older guy and the younger guy and just started preaching the gospel to the younger guy. And the older guy was like, whoa, wait, wait. he didn't know what to do. Why? House on fire. Who can we save? Amen? And so that's why boldness in us is important. So we saw that. We saw from Matthew 16, verse 26. For what profit is a man if he, if, to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man, a human being, give in exchange for a soul? And we ask this question what is it in everything that you have do you think you'll be able to exchange for your salvation? When you or I stand before God or move from this life into eternity, what is it that I would be able to look at God and go, God, look what I did. Let's trade. (laughs) That's a thought for you, isn't it? Amen? So I do this. I put myself in these positions. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean, I imagine myself before the throne. And I imagine, I heard Lester Summerall say this years ago, he said, I live every day for the day that I stand before the Lord. Ooh. And he wasn't saying, because I earned my salvation. He was saying, what have I done with the grace that's been given to me? Uh, Around here, we don't teach, and we never will, that you have to work to get into heaven. We don't earn grace. Grace is favor, but we can't, once we receive grace, do you know grace, actually, you can work from it, but you can't work for it? You can work from it, though. You say, what are you doing right now? I'm working from a grace. I'm anointed to preach. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Need a little encouragement right there, you know? <laughs> Self inflicted encouragement. All right, so you are anointed, graced in many areas in your life. And you can work from that place, out of your fellowship with God. But when I get before the throne, I'm not going to go, you know what, God? You should see what I did down there. We started with the church of 11 which we did, <laughs> and now it's this size, and God's going to go, oh, you did what? Jesus, come look at this. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works. Everything that we accomplish that's that's viable, honorable in eternity in heaven in the kingdom is out of grace, which was given to us. You know, Romans talks about this. That's why I think, you know, like professional athletes, like i worked so hard all these years to get where I'm at, and I can throw this leather, and I like sports. <laughs> I can throw this leather ball through the air to a running receiver and hit him right on the... And then we win Super Bowls. And we go into the Hall of Fame, which will last how long? And let me ask you a question. How did you get to the planet? You know, like, I constructed this body... I gave myself heart and lungs. You're using a grace and taking glory for it. Every human needs salvation. The reason I have a physical cage, what you see, the body, is because God gave it to me. It's the only reason. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. If I got what I deserved, I'd be in hell. I'd be headed there. I was headed there. Thank God for praying parents and grandparents. Remember I told you about that, my grandmother. And you, you guys have done well. None of you have called me Shawnee. I appreciate that. <laughs> Other than a few jokes afterwards. She. <laughs> I'm praying for you. I'm like, oh, why? Why? You know, when you're 14, 16, 18, and you think you know something, and you don't. It's just a little youth group message right there. <laughs> How many, the older you get, you realize, I don't know nothing. I just, <laughs> the Lord knows it all. I, I, I need wisdom, man. Amen. But there's souls around us every day that need salvation. And there's so much pride in this world that is leading people to hell. They think, well, I built this business. I, better, you know, It's amazing. You would do nothing if you didn't have heartbeats. You need to give all glory to your father. And that's a witness to those who don't know him. Amen. So we looked at this. We saw in Psalms 49 that humanity is deceived. You can look at that later. We saw in Mark 7, verse 20 through 23, that all humanity is under the bondage of sin. We saw in Hebrews 10, verse 5 through 7, and Romans 3, verse 21 through 26, what the hope of humanity is, which is Jesus Christ. We saw in 1 Corinthians 1, 17 and 18, that the cross of Christ is the power of salvation. We saw in Luke 18, verse 9 through 14, that humility is the key to receiving salvation. I mean, no, you got to humble yourself. Scripture says humble yourself under the what? Mighty hand of God. Amen? We saw also in Mark 1, verse 16 through 20, that Jesus would make us fishers of men. We saw also in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38, that we're to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth, and the word actually means to thrust forth, laborers into the harvest. And then we also saw that a a key component to uh, being an effective witness is the power of the Holy Spirit. We saw this in Acts 1, verse 4 through 8, and Acts 19, verse 1 through 6, and then Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. So this morning, I just want to hit a couple of points. The first one is this, sow, water, harvest. That's the first point this morning. Sow, water, harvest. And as a reminder, as we look over these verses and these things that we're looking at, being a witness can happen many different ways. Our witness for Jesus comes from the overflow of our relationship with him. In other words, and, and Herb mentioned it this morning, as a, if you're a disciple of the Lord, that means you're not only a knowledge gatherer, but you're one who applies the knowledge that you've gathered. And if you apply the knowledge that you've gathered, what happens? You actually automatically become a witness. You don't have to go a-witnessing. Okay? Does that make sense? You know, when, as we were raising our kids and through the years as they've grown old, and now we're at a different stage. Last week we were down checking out a Bible college for Kylie because we're at that place. <laughs> I was spying out the land. You say, what were you doing? I was seeing if I was going to send the other ones there, you know. <laughs> that was part of it. Kylie already knew what she was doing because she had heard from the Lord. But why does she know how to hear from the Lord? Not because I sent her to YouTube to watch a video on how to be led by the Lord. <laughs> Come on. Do you like that? That's good. That's good. <laughs> in other words, what? She sees us be led by the... Now, I'm not against YouTube. We're on YouTube. Okay? So I'm not against any... That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that if I, could, I, I need to live this in front of. And you say, what are you doing then? Well, what I'm doing is, is I'm being a witness to my own kids. Amen. Some people say, it was too far for my kids. I screwed them up too bad. There is nothing too screwed up for the grace of God. Come on, how many can testify? I was screwed up. You would have talked, I had personality disorders on top of personality disorders. All right. And everybody has them because we need renewal of the mind. Amen. So part of our witness is so water increase. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 says this, Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? They're ministers. What does that mean? A minister is an errand runner. It's a servant. It's an attendant. Sometimes people think, you know, they're called to the ministry. I used to think this years ago. And I think, oh, and I went to, you know, because I went to Rhema, and it was, I mean, this is a massive ministry. I think they have 80-plus thousand graduates all over the world and so of that school. And I went to Rhema, and I'm, you know, I'm 19, maybe 20, I don't remember, but somewhere in there. And I know I'm called to preach, and I know that God has saved me, and I look at that ministry and the size of it, I go, oh, I want this. And then I got into ministry. And I went, I don't want this. <laughs> but it was too late. <laughs> I had already told the Lord, yes. <laughs> I mean, it was too late. Once you tell her you can't go back, you just stay there. <laughs> and now I've learned to grow up and enjoy more of it. Amen? But what I want you to see here is what? You're a minister. People say, well, I'm not an apostle. I'm not. It doesn't matter. You're a minister because a minister isn't just a, what we call five-fold office. It's a servant. People say, what am I, what am I serving? The seed of the word. If people say, oh, and I don't know Greek and I don't know Hebrew. and You don't need to know all that. You have a testimony of what Jesus did for you. And that is a That is what you serve. When you go to a place and you smile when everybody else is frowning and in fear of the rona, because the rona is going to kill everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Not the corona. (laughs) That is, we're talking virus here. That's a different kind of virus you get if you drink too much of that. All right, so anyway, (laughs) you have something in you to dispense. Now, people overthink this. They think, no, I didn't go to Bible college. You don't have to go to Bible college. If you got born again three days ago, you're now a witness. Now, you can be a more effective one. As you get older in the Lord, as you mature, amen? But you're a witness. And you say, why? I love what Andrew Womack says. One third of you is wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. Come on, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Everything old is what? If I told you my dad passed away, what would you think? He literally is. He's in heaven right now. So what happened to your old man? He died. Do you understand what I'm saying? If any man be, he's a new the old is passed away, the new has come, and everything new is of who? The scripture says of God. Whoo! You've got power in you. That as you grow in the Lord, you realize every place the sole of your foot treads, you have authority even if the circumstances don't look like it. So, sow. Water. Wherever you are. Be a light. Share your testimony. That's the simplest thing. That's why, and we provide other things, you know, as far as materials and stuff like that. Look at down, let's go down to, um, well, let me say this. A disciple of Christ... Uh, As a disciple of Christ, this is a question that you need to ask yourself. Who am I? The answer as we see it here is a servant of the Lord. You are one who has been empowered by grace to run kingdom errands. You are one who goes into all your world and is a witness for the Lord. You are one who prays for the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers you are one who dispense the seed now i want look back at verse 5 there in 1 Corinthians 3 paul says this we're ministers through whom you believed so somebody could believe through you in other words, they could believe based on what they hear but look it says as the what as the lord oh is that scripture not up there as the what as the Lord gave to each one. So what am I dispensing? What the Lord gave me. He gave me Jesus, so I'm going to give you Jesus. Well, I don't want to hear it. So, water. Now, I'm not saying so like I don't care whether you want to hear it or not. What I'm saying is, is sow like sow a seed. Or most of the time, I believe, maybe not most of the time, it could, be, it could have changed some. Most of the time, at some point in people's lives, I do believe this, that they've heard about Jesus at one point or another. So you could be watering something. People say, well, the seed could have been stolen. It could have been so you could throw another seed. So if the seed isn't in there and it's not in the ground and you're not watering it, then you could be trying to plant one. Amen. But you should always be kind of Johnny Appleseed. Just throw it around. Come on. You know, just what are you doing? I'm planting seed everywhere I go. But it wasn't received over there. It doesn't matter. My father, the farmer I work for, he has so much seed, I can almost waste it. Because if I'm trying to plant it, it's not a waste. It's only a waste if the ground doesn't receive it in that sense. You are one who dispenses seed, you are one who waters the seed. You are one who has been given a portion from the Lord to dispense into all of your world as a witness. That's what you are, because you're born again. Amen? Paul goes on to say this in verse 6, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the... Who gave the increase? So why are you worried about it? Well, they didn't receive me. See, you think it's about you. It's not. It's about the Lord and them. You can walk on and say, Lord, thank you that you give the increase. Sometimes as, as believers, we're so, spirit, we're so insecure instead of secure in the Lord and who he is that we won't dispense at all. We, we take it personally like it was our word we gave to them. We're not the author of salvation. We house him. Amen. Amen. So we dispense seed. So that's what Paul, Paul's, that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, look, I planted Apollos water. God gave the increase. Now watch this. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters. But God gives the increase. Well, you don't know who that minister is. I do too. They're nothing. What does that say? So neither he who plants is what? Nor he who. But God who gives the? So who's the big deal here? God. You'll limit your effectiveness if you care too much about your natural self. (laughs) Right? I will. Why? Brother Hagin used to tell us. He said, take God seriously. Take his word seriously. But don't take yourself too seriously. Why? I make mistakes. I I can put Moses in the ark, and he's not supposed to be there. That wasn't even his dispensation. I mean, you know, I've had Paul on the island of Miletus. Oh, wait, he was there. I've had Paul on the island of Patmos. Was he there? (laughs) Everybody's looking at me like, I don't know. (laughs) I didn't know there was a test. (laughs) <laughs> oh, where was John at? He was on Patmos. Yeah, that's right. Don't worry. I went to Bible college. We're good. All right. So <laughs> verse eight, now he who plants and he who waters are what? One. So even if I witness to somebody and my wife then leads them to the Lord, we're one. We get the harvest together. People say, well, I'm not very good at leading people through the sinner's prayer. I get nervous, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. Water then plant seed. Ask Johnny to come over. He'll eat them. <laughs> you know, and then watch Johnny and go, how's he do that? Come on. Disciple, that's what a disciple is. The Lord will teach you how to be what? Fishers of? People are like, well, I just want to go fishing. Well, why you go fishing, fish for men. I mean, it's as simple as walking by somebody who else is at the river and they're fishing, and you say, "Good morning," and they say, "Good morning," if it's morning, and you say, "Good day, a nice day. We've been blessed with a nice day today." You say, "What are you doing?" Bait. Blessed with a nice day today. Get you a Jesus pin. Jesus pin? People say a Jesus pin. Yeah, get your Jesus pin and wear it. Every, I, I watch it when I go through drive throughs I had to go through a lot of drive throughs this week. <clears throat> and I watch it. People look. <laughs> There's a gentleman. They're a gentleman. Anyway, um, that works at one of the city brews. And uh, he is trying to be a woman. So I, I, always, I always wear my Jesus pin. Everywhere I go. I mean, for the most part, unless it's, you know, it's on my coat right now, so I'm going to have to switch to shirts because it's getting warmer. And you say, what are you doing? Bait. And this is, I'll get these two types you know, there's two kinds of fish. There's probably more than that, but they, they look, hmm. Like I went through Wendy's the other day, and a uh, guy looks down and goes, I like your pin. I said, Thanks. Jesus, he, he says, he's the prince of peace. I said, yeah, he's the king of kings. He go, he's the Lord of lords. Yeah. He's the soon-coming king. <laughs> I'm going to ruin your drive-through time if you want to do this all day, because I can do it all day. <laughs> and I go through City Brew, and this gentleman thinks he's a girl. And I wear my pen, and I knew I put, I ha, I'm, I'm, I'm like, hi, you know, <laughs> how are you, you know, I'm getting my coffee, we're in a good mood, right, so, <laughs> he's like, he looked down, and he goes, hmm, and I can feel it, boom, oh, here it is, I'm like, we, he turned away from that bait, I don't care, I'm going back, I'll get me a different thing to put on the hook, and I'll keep fishing, keep fishing. Amen. You say, why? Because we're led by the Holy Spirit. John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Amen. Uh, If you read on in that verse 28, he says, and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, Neither, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me, this is Jesus speaking, is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's what? Hand. No one. You are safe so you don't have to fear. So when the Lord, I love this because he talks about being led by the spirit of God and then he talks about not being afraid. What does that tell you? The Lord may lead you into something that feels fearful to your natural, but you need to realize, I'm in my Father's hand, and nobody can touch this. Come on, MC Hammer, can't touch this. (laughs) The younger people are like, who? Just have your parents look it up, MC Hammer, you'll love it. Have them buy you some of his pants. All right, so... Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 says this, The Lord has given unto me the tongue of the learned, which actually means the tongue of the disciple, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. There are weary people all around you, and you have a word in you for them. You have a seed. You have water for them to drink from. Amen. It says this, he awakens me, the Lord, morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has has opened my ear. Watch this, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Don't be rebellious to his voice. Amen? Hear him because you're anointed to do this. Lastly, our last point this morning, God is patient, therefore so are we. James chapter 5, verse number 7, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. People say, well, I tried to minister to them. They acted like they heard, but I'm not sure they got it. Then pray for rain. Early and latter, amen? Both rains. What does a farmer do? He waits for the rain seasons to happen. Why? Because he wants the full harvest. What is the harvest? What is this? What are people to the Lord? They're the precious what? Fruit of the earth. They're the precious fruit of the earth. So if I look at a transgender or homosexual and I'm just repulsed, I'm not seeing right. I didn't say I had to agree with it. But that person is so valuable that God stepped out of heaven, put on skin, and died for them. So I need a heart adjustment. Well, back in my day, bless God. Back in your day, there were homosexuals, fornicators, and adulterers, too. And you might have been one. Don't you ever say that again, preacher. (laughs) Or what, country boy? (laughs) Remember, I'm in God's hand. <laughs> you say, what do you mean by that? I'm saying this. Which is worse, a person who is confused on their identity or a fornicator? Or an adulterer? Because I was one. And if the qualification is is that I couldn't be in order to be where I'm at today, if the qualification to get into heaven is not doing any of those things, I'm going to hell. The qualification is, is that I yield to the Father. And yield to the blood and body of Jesus Christ. They did not come to me and tell me, you have to quit all your drugs. You have to do all this. And once you clean yourself up, then you can come to Jesus. You can come to God. No, 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 no. Jesus said, look at them. I better go. There is no way you or I can be good enough. The only way that I am even living, or what we might say producing, and I am careful with that word, any good works today is because of the grace of Almighty God. It is not because of anything that I have done. If you knew me, if you could, if you, if there was a video of everything I did in sin prior, and you watched it prior to me getting up here and preaching, you wouldn't accept me. You wouldn't accept me saying what I'm saying. You wouldn't accept, you wouldn't let me hang out with your kids. Come on. Am I the only one? I would have had your kid high. I would have had your kid running and the police looking for them because they were looking for me. I'd have had your kid and I'd have done and we did it illegal. Come on. I sinned good. I've had people who were older than me because I needed them to buy me alcohol. At the jobs I worked at as a teenager in high school. So how much do I deserve? So why are we As those who have been redeemed out of this stuff, looking at those who are in stuff, and we think it got worse, which it did. I get it. I understand it. The world's going to continue to get worse. What do I need to see? I need to see the precious fruit of the earth. The way the Lord sees it, i got to fish for transgenders. I don't care if they come up with LGBTQ, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. It doesn't matter to me. (laughs) they're confused (laughs) they're confused why because the author of confusion is the lord of the earth and well we got to get all the politicians out and we got to go to all the politicians to believe like we do in order for god to be effective that is a lie now we should stand for righteousness i'm not saying we shouldn't that's not what i'm saying at all i'm saying that the gospel works whether the world's all right or not because the because the cross is the power of god unto salvation it is, it is the foolishness of the cross that is the power of God unto salvation. And, it, and we need to be able to say to people, even if, they're, even if their clothes need to be changed, according to James, we pull them out of the fire despising what they're wearing, but we love them and we buy them new clothes. Why? Because we are blessed by the kingdom of heaven and we can afford to buy new clothes. <laughs> I'm going to be a witness. How about you? We're to be patient. When we really understand the value of souls, we will plant seed and water with patience. It is a matter of God establishing his kingdom in his creation. That's why we're doing it. God doesn't look at the things we look at and is in appall. He's, he he's not afraid of the condition of sin or the progress of sin in a person's life. He knows I can set them free. In fact, he already has the storehouse supplied with their freedom. He doesn't even need to come up with it. That's what grace does, which means you, as a witness, have his ability in you, which means you have an answer. People are like, well, when I go, I get nervous. Get your answer ahead of time. And then share it. Man, what if I share it? I'll be stuttering. I'll be nervous. I'll get all red. red. All things about you which don't matter. You are not the power. Jesus is. You sow, you water. God gives the, because he's good. Humanity's value is shown in the price Christ paid. How many would say, Lord, open my eyes? We see that we are to establish our hearts in this truth and realize the coming of the Lord is at hand. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.